Ooh, how about some drama on this Wednesday, huh? Anybody, we have drama? Is anyone interested in a little drama between the current OU staff and the former OU staff? Okay, I'm selling it a little bit too hard right there, but I'll begin with this Hey, you know harder. what? Selling it a little bit too hard <laughs> is the essence of sports talk radio. So, so. Brent Venables last night at the uh, Amarillo Caravan said, quote, I saw too much casualness, if you will. Too much on nonchalantness when I came in December to watch the team prepare for the bowl game. So basically, BV was at the facility while OU was prepping to play Oregon. And by the way that he talks, Parker, it was, well, they were just kind of going through the motions for the for the most part. There wasn't a whole lot of urgency prepping for uh, the bowl game against the Ducks. You don't say. So that's interesting. All right. And then I look on Twitter today. And former assistant Jamar Kane tweets out, I'm casual now. Oh. So, hey, just saying. Oh. Just saying. Yeah. So that's what that tweet was about. Well, I'm guessing. Like There were a lot of OU fans that responded to him and said, hey, he wasn't talking about you. You know what you did there. There were also some responses that said, he was right. That's why he lost two games last year in a couple pillow fights. But I would be willing to bet money Ugh. that that's what Jamar Cain meant by that, that tweet. That's unfortunate because yeah. I know how badly Jamar Cain wanted to stay at Oklahoma. And it's unfortunate that even if it was unintentional, Venables kind of rubbed him the wrong way like that. Yeah, I could definitely see how Jamar Cain um, would have taken that the wrong – I mean, clearly he did take it you know, a, a certain way. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's really to blame for, you know, the nonchalantness that was going on. And in fact, if there's anyone that I admire from that previous staff, Parker, to me, it's Jamar Kane. The fact that he stayed, the fact yeah. that he did want to stay, the fact that, you know, he was really seemingly kind of the one holding things together, reaching out to players, families, recruits, and all that. I mean, he was really trying to keep everything together during that uncertain time. And he wasn't the only assistant that left that wanted to stay here. There, there were other assistants that wanted to stay here. But Jamar Kane really kind of stuck it out until the bitter end, until he wasn't hired. So if there is actually one guy that I really do respect from that previous staff, it's Jamar Kane. So there is maybe a little bit of drama, but... I wish it wasn't with Jamar Kane because I think I know. most of us can agree we actually really like that guy. It's, you know, I don't feel like any Sooner fan has any druthers if Venables pisses off somebody like Alex Grinch, but there's still plenty of OU fans. I would say the vast majority of OU fans that have, have a lot of respect for what Jamar Kane did and continue to do even after everything went down on November 28th. For the Oklahoma Sooners football program. Yeah. So after the Jamar Kane tweet of, I'm casual now, hmm, Nick Benito quote tweeted and said, we know the real. And then he put a 100% uh, emoji there. So, former players uh, taken up for the side of Jamar Kane there. And hey, he was an up-and-comer when he arrived at OU. I think he did some really nice things. And I think that... At LSU, he's going to continue to be a problem for a lot of schools on the recruiting trail. I think Benito is Benito today in large part due to Jamar Kane. I feel like he's one of those guys that benefited the most from Kane's presence. He's good, man. I, I would have been more than happy to keep Jamar Kane around, uh, not only for his ability on the field as an assistant, but his ability um, 
really his ability to recruit yeah. was well, kind of his number one the, thing. The issue therein is you would have had to finagle the positions to a certain extent because you couldn't have had both Kane and Chavis coaching defensive ends and outside linebackers. So one of them would have had to take on a role that maybe they weren't necessarily as prepared for or as used to. But I think the silver lining is that in losing Jamar Kane, you did pick up Miguel Chavis, and that is a guy that, by all accounts, is a rising star in the coaching profession. Yeah. How about Burt Venables last night? Quote, we're starting over. Um, <laughs> we're stripping this bad boy down to the studs, end quote. Now, I don't think that that means that he thinks that they're going to have a bad football team this year or anything like that. I'm going to guess that he believes that they're going to be a really good football team this year, just in terms of how they go about everything day to day. Yeah, they're they're stripping everything down to the studs. Or is he being literal and they're renovating all the facilities? Ah, well, if Thad Turnipsy could have his way, that would uh, happen, right? Well, Thad was uh, in Amarillo last night for the OU coaches caravan, so maybe he got uh, one of those uh, panhandle of uh, Texas oil guys to write a massive check walking out of there last night. I don't know. Lord knows, there's plenty of oil money down there. Uh, okay, do you do you have any idea how economics works, Tyler? Because economics was the one course in college that I was just like, I I have no idea what's happening here. The the curves, the equation, like I could just never make sense of any of it. So, do high gas prices mean good for oil or bad for oil? Do you want to retake this economics course so we can have a more intelligent conversation? No, I'm just wondering. Okay. I just I need you to give me the answer. Well, I okay. I, I don't know if I can, but the text line sure can. Okay, yeah. And it's gonna be fifty fifty split down the middle on what it exactly means. So Oh, here's so this the deal. Is... Here's the deal, Parker. You will ask the question, uh, you will not get an answer. You will get answers that uh, split right down the middle, most likely. Oh boy. Things, I, I, I didn't realize I opened up Pandora's box there. Oh yeah, you did. 100%. I, I do not miss economics class, man. I had to take it for my minor, and I kid you not. I, eventually, I just quit going to class. I was like, you know what? I, I, Always I, a good I, move. I have stop never, going to class. It's a good move. I, oh, my goodness. I have never gotten luckier in my life than I did on that course. I didn't go to class for like the last two months of the semester. The only four grades were four tests. I showed up on the day of the final, to take the final, it was just like, okay, I <laughs> guess we're just going to see what we get here. Tyler, that's the only test I've ever aced wow. as a college student. I have no idea how I did it. You only had I was, one A uh, your entire collegiate career on, on a test? No, no, no. I, I, I got A's on tests, but I got 100-plus on oh, that test. Like, nice. I got every single question right. To this day, I have no idea you just how. guess on every single one? I have one? absolutely no idea how nice. I pulled that off. Nice job. I don't know if it was a grading error or what. The law of what. averages was with you. I, oh my. Maybe you gave out a, a great curtain information on uh, something and the professor really appreciated Who it. Who knows? That professor wasn't really the type to get into curtain information, I don't think. But I got that grade back, and I, I tell you what, I was not expecting to get an A in economics. I got an A in economics. Don't ask me how, because... I could not explain any of the principles of economics if you asked me to give it to you in the most basic layman's terms. By the way, uh, another quote from Brent Venables last night, quote, we lost two heartbreakers, one score games, could have won either way. Um, the previous coach decides he doesn't want to be here. Okay, good. Now what do you want to do? <laughs> so he's he was bringing it last night. Once again, brought it in Tulsa. 
uh, brought it in Amarillo, and he's going to bring it, what, tomorrow night in Duncan, I'm sure, which I'm going to be out there at Duncan for the show. So that's going to be a, a lot of fun to see a lot of Sooner fans at the Stevens County Fairgrounds tomorrow night. Britt Venables, Jenny Baranchek, and Porter Moser are going to be there. By the way, um, I told you we would have a differing of opinion. High oil leads to high gas. High oil means cash to the oil industry. High oil prices are good for guys producing and selling it. Uh, yeah, now we have. Told, yeah, yeah. Neither no, bad, neither bad this nor good. This is on good. you. This okay. is on you. Yeah, the consensus thus far is that high oil prices are good for the oil business, which is intu- like that's what you would expect would be the case. That's what is intuitive in my head. But that was the one thing about economics to me is that there were some answers that just weren't intuitive. Mm-hmm. Like generally, I can uh, if I got in a class like that because I never had a math or science brain. But in those gen ed classes, I could generally arrive at what the correct answer was if you laid out the options for me just by virtue of intuition and connecting the dots. Couldn't do that with economics. The answer that seemed intuitive was always the wrong one. I also got lucky uh, in a class, college algebra. I do. I did not have a uh, math or science brain. I still do not have a math or science brain. Okay, um, all down. I will say is it's very beneficial when uh, some of the guys that you know took the same algebra test the year before. <laughs> and there is trends where the uh, questions and the answers were the same. So that's that's all I'll say on on that front. Uh, there was there was a uh, just like there's a blueprint now for stopping the mule shoe offense rush three drop eight. There was kind of a rush three drop eight okay, approach yeah, to was... uh, figuring out this algebra test every single time around. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we may we may do it that is big time. Hey, uh, what's going on with JJ Hester? Transfer wide receiver out of Mizzou. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there was some scuttlebutt that it was going to happen Monday nights. So I thought, all right, well, it didn't happen Monday night, is it? It'll happen on Tuesday. Nothing happens on Tuesday, and here we are, two o'clock on Wednesday, and still, still radio silence. I'm, still nothing. I'm confident it will happen soon, and I know there is a lot of confidence from the OU camp that JJ Hester is going to be jumping on board. So you see LV Bunkley Shelton out taking the remainder of his visits. He's in Kansas right now. He's going to be at Virginia Tech later in the week. So, you know what, for a guy like that, if he wants to keep evaluating his options, great. But from where OU stands, if you got a guy that's willing to jump on board, going to go ahead and take him. So assuming that's the case with J.J. Hester, I would figure it isn't too much longer before you get the announcement that he is going to be a Sooner. So, okay, yeah, with you on that. J.J. Hester, I, I think, will pick OU as, as well. And we'll see what Travis Davidson thinks uh, coming up here in about 20 minutes. We'll talk to our buddy up in the 918, Travis Davidson, coming up at 235. Uh, because J.J. Hester is a Booker T product. Now, let's just say for argument's sake that J.J. Hester commits while we're on air, which, if J.J.'s listening, would be fantastic and very helpful, by the way. If J.J. Hester says, all right, let's go to OU, does that mean L.V. Bunkley Shelton no longer has a scholarship offer? From what I understand, yes. Okay. So if you want to commit, you better hurry up and do it. Both guys kind of understand it. By the way, Teddy Lehman texted with his thoughts on Oh, boy. Of course he did. (laughs) The oil and gas situation. Here's Teddy's take. Short-term good, but high energy prices will send the economy into a recession, already happening, thus crashing the demand and eventually the price of oil rinse repeat. So. Yeah, yeah. hey, if you want Teddy to interact with the show, um, don't talk Cruton, don't talk football, just talk economics, stock market, and yeah, pretty <laughs> much everything else in that realm, and he's going to interact with the show. 
Uh, somebody said on the text line, Parker, I got my master's in economics and can confidently say it's a completely different mindset you have to be in to be good at economics. Like you said, opposite of what you think. Okay, that makes me feel better. Makes me feel like I'm not a total buffoon. Yeah, well, um, I do not believe at the Redlands Community College or the Rose State College where I attended that uh, maybe economics, I'm sure it was provided, but let's just say, Parker, that I did not participate in the uh, in the economics classes. The humanities classes were hard enough for me, for a guy that knows nothing about um, that whole subject on both fronts. So, yeah. One texter, one texter says, BV had to have known how close Amarillo is to Muleshoe. Maybe that's why he was taking Yeah, maybe so. Um, no one from Muleshoe showed up and introduced himself last night, so I was pretty disappointed at that. I mean, everyone around the uh, panhandle of the – I feel like every town was representative, uh, represented in that corner of Texas except for Muleshoe. There's even people from Boy City, which, by the way, Boy I City? asked them, Boy City Boy is City. the correct way to pronounce that. Okay, so. fair enough. Uh, last text here. I would pay California gas prices each year Lincoln is at USC just to watch him fail hilariously on the national stage and not win a single championship. Well, I don't think that you're going to have to pay Galif- uh, California gas prices to watch that happen. I adamantly believe that it's <laughs> going to be the same old story. I'm not even sure that he's going to be winning the Pac-12 with what Oregon's doing. But I do believe if he makes it to the stage again, he will get embarrassed once again. Like the joke yesterday, yes, he's building a seven-on-seven football team, just like he was here. He is not a style that is going to uh, win a national championship. I'm sorry. Okay, I lied. One more text. If you think economics is tough, try hydroponics. Yeah. That's what. That's that's irrigation. Is that right? I that think has that's something right. to do There's, with agriculture. Yeah, I, this 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 whole opening segment got way too smart for me. <laughs> <laughs> Way too smart yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I bit off more than I could chew with that economics question. Yeah, well, te- te- text lines lit up about uh, oil. People commenting about oil and gas prices. So yeah, that, that's that's one way to light it up. I did not think it was going to go this way, but here we are. All right, keep pumping the air coverage solutions text line, 405-651-3439. More Cruton, more football on the other side. It is locked in right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref, we are the home of Sooner fans. Inside the Brown O'Haver Studios on this Wednesday, um, I guess hydroponics is weed. Someone just said, it's weed, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think it was exclusive to weed. It's not, is it? I, d- I have no idea. Like hydroponic I, gardening? That's a thing, right? I, I'm not completely sideways and thinking that. Tyler, some of our good old Grady County brethren know a little bit about hydroponics. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Uh, the town where I went to uh, high school, Parker, which has no stoplights, it is an extremely. I graduated. Oh, so it's a no stoplight. Yeah, town. zero. I graduated zero with 22 kids. I mean, okay. it, it's 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 small. Uh, there's only been like gas stations and like one small restaurant that is really good. Shout out to Vivian's. I think even Verdon though has a dispensary in it now. That's how. Hey, I mean, widespread the hydroponics are nowadays. <laughs> there are dispensaries everywhere. So the verdant economy is booming thanks to weed. Well, I don't even know how well that place does, but I'm I'm sure it does great. With well, it became legal it in Oklahoma like what 2017, I think, which was the year I got here. So pretty much you brought it like, with you. Then. I, I I guess yeah, but it was funny because as soon as I got to Oklahoma, I started seeing the dispensaries crop up. When I first got there. 
It was like, you know, here, the dispensary here, dispensary there. Now there's one on every corner. Yep, everywhere. Hey, by the way, uh, OU softball fans, Mackenzie Donahue will not return this season per Patty Gasso this afternoon. I have speculated for a while that she's played her last game at OU, and yeah, I think that that's going to be the case. So no Mackenzie Donahue, who was, uh, what, the Women's College World Series All-Tournament team last year and hit two home runs uh, against UCLA. I think she had three in one day last year, one against Georgia, two against UCLA. Yes, that's correct. But she wasn't going to get back in the lineup. Their lineup's pretty set, so no uh, no Lou Donahue moving forward. Um. Okay, hang on, real quick. Yeah. Text line, hydroponic, growing only in nutrient-rich water, not just for wheat. Okay. Thank you. I knew I wasn't. Someone in the 580 has been corrected then. Instead of just, they just said, it's weed, dude. <laughs> At least that's the way that I'm reading it. Okay, uh, what, sorry, I interrupted. No, no, where, I, where I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you did. I needed a little bit of clarity today on uh, hydroponic. Just, just saying. Uh, OU moved up from the number 30 class to the number 20 class after the commitment on Monday. Next commitment, um, imminence, or we still look at the same timeline of it's going to happen during the summer? I, I think stuff's smart, starting to move quicker as of late with several prospects than it was before. And I think it depends on who Oklahoma offers here going forward because and, and we're not just talking about Cole Adams there okay that's that's the first name that's going to pop in everybody's head I think if they offer Jalen Braxton the four-star cornerback down there at Frisco Lone Star that is a very viable possibility that could be your next commit I know he's kind of shooting for July right now as his commitment day but he's been waiting on that OU offer for a long long time and so if he picks it up I can see him pushing the timeline up a little bit. He's already been on campus twice this spring as well. So uh, that is one to watch. I, I reported it on OUinsider.com, and I'm going to try not to give any hints because there's a lot at stake in these types of situations. Oklahoma's hosting a secret visitor this Ooh, weekend. I did see this. Yes. Hosting a secret visitor who is committed elsewhere, and there is a lot of belief that Oklahoma is going to end up flipping that particular individual's commitment, and it may not take long to do so. Arch Manning, Peyton Bowen. Not Arch <laughs> it's and, and, so and it's not Peyton Bowen. That's and I kind of well, caveat. yeah, it's not Peyton Bowen because he doesn't make it uh, a secret when he's visiting up here. Exactly. The handful of times that he's already exactly had. nothing is all too clandestine with Peyton Bowen at this point. Okay, so is. This is a prospect that will get a lot of people excited, correct? Can you at least give me that? I would say so. Okay. Well, I mean, that's if, if he's committed elsewhere and you're thinking that you might flip him, a secret visitor, they're trying to keep this one quiet, I would say that's a pretty big deal. All right. Um, some of these other higher-ranked prospects, probably still the same timeline, maybe later on this summer or, or when the season starts, but... You know, just to kind of, we've been trying to tell everyone that it's still really early on. And yeah, with Muleshoe, maybe you have eight or nine commits by now. Um, but that's not going on right now. They just have five. But the point is, the point to show you as to why you shouldn't worry right now. Oh, you had the number 30 class going into Monday. They get a three-star, which we think he's a good player. But he's ranked as a three-star. And OU moves up 10 spots all the way to number 20. That just shows right there, Parker, that you can easily easily make up a ton of ground 
um, you know, in a time like this, like in, in the spring. You, you got a lot of time to make your move. This wasn't a five-star kid or a top-20 prospect that OU got a commitment from. It was a three-star, and they still moved up into the top 20. Exactly. Now, fans should have their eyes trained on this point at this point on that first weekend in June. June 3rd through the 5th, the Champion Barbecue. That is probably where you're going to start to see the commitment avalanche initiate. And I look at a few kids that are going to be on campus that weekend that could make the decision to just go ahead and pull the trigger. We've talked about Samuel Masigo on this show. And his first official visit will be with Oklahoma at the Champion Barbecue. He wants to visit Florida, considering visiting LSU and A&M as well. But OU has enough of a lead and the relationships are solid enough at this point with Samuel Masigo that I can very much see him just deciding to shut it down after that official visit to Oklahoma. Uh, another guy that's going to be on campus that weekend that I would keep a close eye on is Jalen Kilgore, safety out of the state of Georgia. I feel like Oklahoma's going to fill up pretty fast at safety. And so it may be a case of first come, first serve, and there may be a little bit of extra fire put under a kid like Jalen Kilgore to pull the trigger if he truly wants to be at Oklahoma because they've already got Eric McCarty and everything points toward them flipping Peyton Bowen from Notre Dame. A lot of uh, – so that's – okay, still trending towards flipping Peyton Bowen. Yes. Um, that would be that would be big. That, I mean, more than any – I mean, it would be a big-time get. It would just be kind of a big-time move because that would be – That'd be their first major flip for this new staff, right? I know that they closed late when R. Mason Thomas was an Iowa State commit, but you know what I mean. Like a staff that you really respect, um, a program that is doing some nice things on the recruiting trail, what Notre Dame's one or two right now. Like In terms of the, the, big, the big flip, this would be their first one. That would be a pretty big... That'd be a pretty big statement to the rest of the recruiting world. Yes, it would. And not to downplay the R. Mason Thomas flip, because that was a big one for Oklahoma. And I do think R. Mason Thomas has a lot of Nick Benito in him. I'm really excited to see what he becomes at the University of Oklahoma. But Peyton Bowen is a top 100 national prospect. When you were talking about how highly he is regarded across the country and the offer sheet that he has at his disposal, yes, that would be the most momentous flip of the Brent Venables era thus far. And that's something that can create, uh, like, recruiting momentum, I believe, is a real thing. And you talk about creating some momentum, that can create a lot of momentum if that happens. So, still feeling good today about OU's chances of landing a very solid uh, 2023 class, a top 10. I'm still in the camp, Parker, where I think they're going to end up with the top 10 class. I don't think it's going to be necessarily number two or number three, but top 10, I think that that's very, very, very achievable. There's one other kid that I think folks would be well advised to monitor, and that is Phil Picciotti out of the state of Pennsylvania. And I know the prevailing thought on Picciotti for the longest time has been he's going to go to Penn State, he's not going to leave the state of Pennsylvania, he's going to keep it close to home. And in my heart of hearts, I probably still believe that at this point, but I'm starting to question it. Because my thought process on that is, if Penn State's where you want to be, why, why haven't you, you pulled the trigger yet? Sure. And why have you come down to Oklahoma three times on your own dime? Yeah, and, and we also got to factor in with a lot of these kids. They have their, their top school right now. They've got their top three. But a lot can happen during the season, man. You know, um, 
Penn State could be an absolute dumpster fire this year. And that could impact what old Phil wants to do and where he wants to go play linebacker. Arch Manning, I heard you say earlier, and I think I, I, I agree with it. If Texas has another bomb of a season, Arch Manning is probably going to end up going to the University of Georgia. That's not the case for every kid. Some kids, they just want to go where they want to go, and it doesn't matter what happens throughout the course of the season. But some kids, it is a pretty big impact. And some of the targets that OU has right now, I'm sure it will be an impact if OU exceeds expectations and ends up going to the college football playoff. It certainly won't hurt. Air Comfort Solutions text line real quick. Dylan Gabriel, big flip. Okay. Yeah, bit, yeah, bit, yeah. Bit technicality yeah, but yeah uh, I'll, yeah I'll give you that one okay uh they flipped Cavante henry from michigan says one listener i don't qualify that as a flip because michigan and Cavante henry had kind of mutually parted ways several months prior michigan was no longer recruiting henry and though he was in all technicality still committed to michigan there was no expectation that he was going to sign with michigan on february 2nd in fact the wolverines didn't even send him signing papers so uh, while it technically will go down in the books as a flip, it really wasn't much of one. Sure. Uh, another listener says, remember when Governor Stitt grilled steaks in front of the PETA sign? I need BV to do the same by trolling Lincoln's massacre oh of a gosh. brisket. I work for a sign company. We can get this done. <laughs> I, hey, let let me be a tool for you, all right? I, I will I will help out in any way possible. All we got to do is get old Brit Venables on board. I'm all about that. Hey, let's uh, catch up with our buddy Travis Davidson up in the 918. We'll talk some football. We'll talk recruiting with Travis coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Suter fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. You changed up our dude Travis Davidson's intro song. I know. See, I kind of forgot he was on the line there for a second. <laughs> as soon as I played, I was like, shoot, I was supposed to play Migos. Travis, what do you, do you like this better? Who can it be now? Or do you like the Stir Fry song? Which do you prefer? Man, I for a second I almost hung up. I thought maybe they had the wrong guy. <laughs> I was like, well, crap, this definitely isn't my segment. That's not my walk-up music. I wonder if uh, I wonder if somebody going into the batter circle thinks the same thing. They think they got some walkout music. They play a different song. I wonder if they look at the manager and think they got the lineup wrong. That would be a Barry Bonds move to just like walk back to the dugout if they played his wrong uh, walk-up music or something. I'll come out when y'all get it right. Hey, uh, you, you you excited to come in the studio on Friday and host? Uh, for people that don't know, Travis is going to be co-hosting with me on Fridays during the spring and summer from 3 to 6 p.m. Man, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Man, I couldn't be more excited, to be honest. Uh, uh, it's always a good time getting down to Norman uh, from Tulsa, so... Uh, Looking, looking forward to being in studio and, and, and actually having to, some time, you know, three hours. A lot of people say, man, that's a long time. I said, no, nah, man, that's, that's just right. Yeah. It, four hours is a lot. Three hours is, uh, is just right, no doubt. Hey, what do you feel or how do you feel about Davis Bevel, this new quarterback in the transfer portal? You mean the Bev Dozer? Yes, <laughs> I, I, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, okay, good. I just want to make sure we're talking about the the, the same guy. I, I love it. Uh, I love it. The guy's uh, got some experience, uh, uh, you know, got some bowl game experience. Uh, he's got really the prototypical size. Um, I, You know, it's been a long time when you look at, you know, Baker, Kyler, Caleb, Spencer, you know, they're all hovering right around six foot. And I know I'm being generous with six foot with, uh, with specifically one of those. But uh, it, it's kind of cool to, uh, to see, you know, kind of a bigger body in there, and I think it opens up a lot. I mentioned, obviously, Bevdozer while joking. 
uh, I'm completely serious. Uh, it does a couple things for you, right? You can put them in in some different running packages, maybe some short yardage situations. And A, he's big. He can stretch across the line. But B, it ensures health of Dylan Gabriel. And that's really what we want, right? I don't think anybody's coming in and saying, all right, now we're, now we're really a contender and he's going to compete with Dylan Gabriel. No, this is the plan A, B, and C are still that Dylan Gabriel remains healthy throughout the season. So if you can have packages that keep him healthy, keep him on the sideline, and the offense doesn't take a step back situationally, I think that's a great thing. Okay, Travis, how concerned are you that the Sooners' newest commit shares a name with both of Muleshoe's <laughs> erstwhile five-star quarterbacks? Well, I, I, I think the only people I'm concerned about are the people that have those two words uh, muted on their Twitter. They need to go ahead and unmute those things so they can get some, get some news about our newest commitment. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I love the commitment. It's, it's obvious that uh, uh, Brett Venables has a type, you could say. I mean, you're looking at... 6'3", 200 pounds, with some, with some space to add some weight onto that frame. Uh, it's kind of one of those things you look at. You look at who we're recruiting, and, and obviously the, in, that, in that size, in that 6'3", 200 range, and it's like, oh, well, I think Venables is only going to recruit guys that can play that cheetah position we keep on talking about, um, which I'm cool with having, you know, you know, 11 cheetahs on the field. That might be kind of interesting. Um, but I, I really like uh, really like commitment, and I just thought it was so funny when the offer went out. I thought it was really funny that he uh, that he had the names of the, of the two quarterbacks. Travis Davidson is our guest. Give him a follow. He's our newest ref employee at Travis Skoll S K O L. JJ Hester, former four star, coming out of Booker T. He's in the portal. He's visited OU. Uh, how do you feel about JJ's chances of uh, winding up a sooner? I personally feel really good. I spoke to one of his trainers uh, um, over the weekend uh, and actually went, went out to dinner with him. We were talking about, you know, fit. You know, he, he, he wants to be featured. There's value in coming home, but he knows the Arizona State coaches pretty well. Um, I, think, I, I think especially now that we've got a lot of 9-8 guys showing up, you obviously look at Gentry Williams, um, you look at RSJ, you look at Jaden Rowe, there, there's certainly a – and then, obviously, you saw all the coaching staff. You're still seeing the coaching staff going out to extremely small towns in Oklahoma, really trying to go and evaluate talent all throughout the state. I think, I think you can kind of feel that kind of culture shift to be like, hey, you know, our local guys, you know, we want to keep them home. And I think, uh, I think it's a good time for J.J. to come home. And at 6'3", 200 pounds, I think Missouri had him listed at 203 on the last I saw. You know, and he's got he's got fat. I was talking to his trainer. He said he expects him to run in the four fours. So I'm not sure many guys uh, on the roster can you know in that wide receiver room specifically or six three two hundred with with four four type speed. Now you mentioned the priority that this staff is seemingly placing on keeping the local guys home in the Sooner State. Travis, are you concerned at all about the wall? The wall, of course, being the wall around the Sooner State because you've got Luke Has committed to Arkansas. You've got Micah Tease trending away from Oklahoma at the moment. They still haven't offered Cole Adams. And then you got By Job seemingly entertaining the advances of Alabama and Georgia and Vanderbilt along with Oklahoma. So uh, is this one of those things where you look at it and figure, you know, this too shall pass? Or 
Is there any semblance of legitimate concern about Oklahoma being able to keep some of the top talent in the class of 2023 close to home? Well, I, I think uh, I think it's important to understand, first of all, that not every kid grows up wanting to go to OU, and, and, and that's okay. You know, I mean, you look at by Job's scenario, I mean, he's not from Oklahoma, has been in, very, in Oklahoma a very short amount of time, so this isn't a homegrown type, oh, my gosh, he went home from the hospital in OU gear like we saw from Gentry Williams. I know Micah has always kind of uh, marched to the beat of his own drum. Those that have known him and, and met him certainly know that. Um, with, with Luke, you know, he's got big-time family ties to Arkansas. Um, obviously, um, he loves the coaching staff over there. And keep in mind, he lives in South Tulsa, or Bixby, and we're closer to Fayetteville than we are to Norman. So I think, I think that gets lost on a lot of people about how close Tulsa is to Fayetteville um, and how, I mean, we saw it when OU played Arkansas in basketball this year. Arkansas fans, of course, travel very well. They traveled particularly well to that one because it was a lot closer than, you know, driving from Norman. Um, obviously, the Cole Adams situation is, is the is the million-dollar question, or in today's NIL landscape, maybe the two or three million-dollar question. I don't know how to I don't know how to quantify that anymore. But um, yeah, I, I'm not concerned really at all because I think this staff is really putting in the work, putting in the hours to travel, putting in the miles to travel to all these schools. Let these coaches know, hey. We're going to recruit the school. Like, this school is a priority. We want to be – I mean, you don't go to Marlowe just because you – know, for fun, right? You don't go to Marlowe and just say, hey, look, like, I could have been at St. Thomas Aquinas. But, I don't know, I really like the, the roots they're laying in the state, and I think it's going to pay off for years to come. But, you know, there are certain situations that, you know what, it's okay. Just because somebody lives in the state currently doesn't mean that, that it's necessarily a massive – Massive upset if they go somewhere else. Travis did not take into consideration. I will be driving through Marlowe tomorrow to get through Duncan, so I look forward to getting beat up on my way there. Thank you, uh, Travis. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, in all seriousness, though, um, I, that is a perfect segue, Parker's question, to something that I really wanted to ask you. Now, I know we got hung up a few years ago. You know, Dax Hill goes to Michigan. Josh Proctor goes to Ohio State. There's some players in the Tulsa area that OU has missed out on. So, I don't know how far you want to go back. Go back five years, seven years, whatever. Do you think OU has done a good enough job recruiting with all the elite prospects in the 918s? Could they have done a better job the past five years? Could they do a better job moving forward? I guess if you would just kind of assess how OU has done in the 918 recently and kind of what you project them to do so moving forward, if, if they could stand to do a lot better in that area. Well, I think you can always stand to do better in, in really any area. But, yeah, 918, uh, especially when you look at the success of the football programs in the East versus the West. I mean, the West has largely been kind of the basketball side of the state, and the East has largely been the side of the state. I mean, you just look at, you know, the 6A titles over the past, you know, few decades. It's been so wildly dominated by this side. So you would think there would be, you know, that's a lot of talent winning those titles, right? So it is, it is interesting because Tulsa has a feel, and obviously I own a sports bar here, so I definitely get the feel of there are a lot of OSU fans here. There are a lot of Arkansas fans, and there are, there are sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm literally staring at an OSU billboard right now. Uh, I'm on a patio. I'm downtown, and it's, I'm staring at an OSU billboard. I see higher OSU grads all over the state. I see, 
hog license plates everywhere. And not to know, not to say that OU doesn't have a, a good you know foothold here, but it's not like the one they have in Oklahoma City, that's for sure, uh, and around the west side of the state. So uh, I do think uh, I do think Tulsa there's some room to grow. Maybe uh, as you mentioned, we've seen a lot of guys uh, get out of this side of the state, but I also do think that it's important to you know these kids look up to other athletes uh, that came before them, right? Your guys like Patrick Fields and Chandler Williams and Trey Brown and Jordan Kelly and all these guys, Miles Tease and all these guys that came out of the Tulsa area, they're kind of the ones that kind of can can carry that torch, you know. Uh, Gentry, especially, I don't think there's ever been a guy, um, you know, that that is so universally liked like Gentry. I've never I've never heard anybody say a bad word about that kid. Um, that's a guy that can come back. Pat Fields, obviously, very involved. He's looking to do. Um, some big Juneteenth things here in Tulsa. Uh, and I think a, a lot of former Sooners and current Sooners uh, can definitely play a part in the recruiting uh, down the line. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely room for improvement. There's no doubt about that. And if, uh, you know, if uh, anybody in the, the powers that be is listening, you know, I'm, I'm more than welcome to be a recruiting analyst or anything <laughs> like that over here on the, uh, uh, in the northeast Oklahoma area. Just hit my line. All right. Hey, man, good stuff. We'll talk to you on Friday. Can't wait to do the show from 3 to 6 with you, brother. Absolutely, man. I'll see you in a couple days. I appreciate you guys having me on as always. There you go, Travis Davidson, at Travis Skoll on Twitter, S-K-O-L. I think he was hanging out um, on a rooftop watching a Tulsa Drillers game today. So, good for him. I don't know if the Drillers game is over or not, but I think he was up there earlier today, and that's where he was doing the, uh, the segment from. Not a bad little Wednesday afternoon, if you ask me. Pretty good. All right, one final segment of Locked In. Coming up next, keep it locked on the ref. It's the Homeless Sooner fans. Final segments, Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. The rush coming up next. You know, we, we talk a lot about OU recruiting, and, and rightfully so. Um, I haven't really taken a peek at Texas recruiting. It seems like... Unless I'm totally missing something, it's been pretty quiet on the, the UT yes, front Yes, rather, rather stagnant. Which should be an encouragement to Oklahoma fans because they have a tendency to get quite restless, Tyler. I'm sure you've picked up on this as well. And to a certain extent, that's been understandable this spring because offhand, I can't remember Oklahoma undergoing a drought the likes of which they underwent between Ashton Cozart's commitment and Caleb Spencer's commitment. And to a certain extent, it's understandable because of the new recruiting philosophy that Brent Venables brings to the table. But admittedly, things had started to get pretty stale on the recruiting trail for the Sooners in terms of tangible payoff. And like I said earlier in the show, I think as we get on into June and July – you're going to start to see quite a few more jump on board with the Sooners. Yeah. And the commitments are going to start flowing. But it has been a pretty quiet spring for Oklahoma. The reality, though, if you look across the rest of the country, it's been a pretty quiet spring for a lot of programs. A lot of programs. Clemson. Alabama. Florida. Alabama. Texas. All these. Really, everyone outside Tech and Notre Dame. Exactly. Well, in Tennessee. And, and we're already beginning to see cracks in the foundation of Tech's class. Yeah. Because yeah, their sure. high-end commits are looking elsewhere right now. Uh, text line, who would have the best chance of competing with Bevel for the backup quarterback job? Nick Evers. I was going to say Nick Evers, too. If he really were to progress throughout this summer and really show, uh, show some signs in training camp, then yeah. Yeah, because he's the quarterback Outside Dylan Gabriel, like when you're looking to the future, that has the highest upside. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the plan is to for him to be heavily considered to be your future at quarterback, along with Jackson Arnold. So we can't take Bunkley Shelton. Are we like the only team in history for whom the scholarship limit has created a uh, bar to taking someone? No, and that's short-sighted. That's like saying OU is the only team in history that doesn't have 10 to 12 commits in the month of May. Again, you are not looking at the rest of the college football landscape and closely analyzing it if you think Oklahoma is the only team that's struggling with numbers. Texas A&M had to finagle the numbers to get LT Overton. They had to make Micaiah a preferred walk-on. And, look, I understand that that's not necessarily the comparison that a lot of folks are going to want to hear because they're still a little bit sore from how the LT Overton situation unfolded. But every team has the same issues. It's just a matter of how you deal with them and how often you have to deal with them. By the way, uh, when we talk about Texas recruiting, um, all the eggs are in one basket, and that is the Arch Manning basket right now. Uh, Arch <laughs> did confirm his top three schools are Bama, Georgia, and Texas in no particular order, but Texas is all in, buddy. Alabama, not so much. They may be trending towards another quarterback in this class. Yes, but the Texas, actual best quarterback in the state of Louisiana, yeah, Eli Holstein. It is. Uh, they're all in on Arch. Uh, they're all in. So huh. this won't end in a disaster for Texas. Yes, Surely be fun. not. Surely not. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.